When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Happy Thursday, everybody. 30th day of November. The last day of the month. Boy, that went fast, didn't it? December comes calling tomorrow, but we got some business to take care of you and I. Dan Grasso Show, next 30 minutes right here on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. We got Harvey. We got Joe. They're producing. We're taking it for 30 minutes tonight. That's right. We got Nick's basketball. As the Knicks, how can I put this kindly, right? I mean, it's professional sports. Guys on both teams are getting paid to go out there and getting paid a lot of money, by the way, to go out there and give their best, give it the old college try. But the Knicks are getting a game tonight, which is probably, I, 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 you know, you can't ever guarantee anything in life, much less in sports. But the Knicks probably have as close to a lock victory tonight as you possibly can. And all the good vibes that have been associated with this basketball team and getting off to a decent start this year, qualifying for the quarterfinals of the NBA in-season tournament, that might go all out the window if they stub their toe tonight. Because I don't know if you've been keeping up with the NBA, but the Detroit Pistons, and, and I don't say this lightly, and I don't think this is a stretch by any means either, the Detroit Pistons might be Not just the worst team in the NBA. They've got that clinched. The Detroit Pistons might be the worst team in professional team sports right now. Like, that is how bad they are. And it isn't really a shock because this is how they've been trending over the last couple of years. The Pistons are 2-16. and They've lost 15 consecutive games. Let that sink in for a second. 15 games in a row. This is the NBA where the best players on some nights wake up in the morning and say, I don't feel like playing tonight, and they don't play. Where you may have a team on the tail end of a back-to-back or playing their third game in four nights to maybe where they don't really give it their best effort. Like, they go and run up and down the court. They put the uniform on. They work up a sweat, but they really don't, like, try, try, try. You think you'd get a team maybe on one of those nights where maybe you win the game? No. Not even. Not even close. I mean, can you imagine losing 15 straight games In the NBA nowadays, and so much so, like, you know, I'm old enough to remember when the Detroit Pistons were, like, the standard in the NBA. You know, like, with the bad boys. And they were, like, a model franchise. And then even when they won a championship, and shoot, we're going on, like, 20 years of that. But still, like, the Pistons, more often than not, they've got a proud franchise tradition. And they've lost 15 consecutive games. How about this? The Knicks have beaten the Pistons 12 straight times you got to go back to 2019, the last time the Pistons beat the Knicks. So when they go out on that garden floor tonight, and I know that they got that big trip to Milwaukee early next week for the quarterfinals of the in-season tournament. They've got a trip to Toronto after the game tonight. they got to go up and play the Raptors on Friday night. But that being said, you got to go out there and take care of business against the lowly, crummy Detroit Pistons. You have to. And look, I was right there with a lot of other people. But remember Jaden Ivey? Remember our pal Jaden Ivey? Stud from Purdue. Remember a couple of drafts ago? Like, that was the guy 
that was the apple of the Knicks' eye, right? Everybody said that the Knicks have to get Jaden Ivey. Can they move up? Can they get Jaden Ivey? Will he still? Well, you know what? They didn't get Jaden Ivey, but Jaden Ivey has not exactly set the world on fire with the Detroit Pistons. So much so, he hasn't even been a regular starter every single game for the Pistons. He's taken a step back in his sophomore season. And it's funny how things work out for the Knicks because, well, they didn't get Jaden Ivey, but they did go out and get a guy named Jalen Brunson. And I would say that if you had to do it all over again, I don't think Knicks fans are too upset about the way this whole thing has played itself out. Not in the least. So we'll have that for you coming up at the top of the hour. Knicks, you got to bank this one in the win column tonight. Get to 11-7, and and then you get on a plane to go play the Toronto Raptors in the tail end of the back-to-back. Now, as far as football is concerned, Jets were back at it today. They got the Falcons coming up on Sunday. We know it. But a little quarterback by the name of Aaron Rodgers spoke to a small gathering in the media, which I was a part of, and basically put it on notice that he wants to see this thing through, that he still believes deep down that he can pull this off, that he could come back and he can actually play a game or multiple games for the New York Jets before the season is over. Now, there's other factors that are going to get in the way, as we know. Like, oh, what if the Jets lose the next couple of games? And we're talking about a 4-9 and nine or a 4-10 and 10 football team that's pretty much mathematically eliminated playing out the string. And then he even admitted that it's probably not in the best interests of him getting back out on the field. And there was going to have to be some conversations, some tough conversations with the powers that be with the football team about him playing again. And look, I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I don't know what the future holds over the next couple of weeks. But I will say that if they don't at least win the next two games, which right now, when you're talking about a team that's having a hard time scoring points consistently, it's tough to win games if you can't score points, right? You don't got to be a genius to figure that one out. So if more of the same continues against the Falcons on Sunday and then against the Houston Texans a week from Sunday when they come into MetLife Stadium, then the conversation probably goes out the window. But what if, right, what if? Let me, let, let me throw that one out there and allow that one to at least marinate for a little bit. What say the Jets beat the Atlanta Falcons, which is not impossible, right? I mean, the Falcons are the Falcons. They're not a juggernaut by any stretch of the imagination. And then what if they take care of business against the Houston Texans. Maybe they give C.J. Stroud fits. Maybe that defense comes to play and they force him into maybe one of the worst games he's going to play in his rookie season. Don't know. It could happen, right? Any given Sunday, the possibilities exist. But what if the Jets then are sitting there at 6-7? and seven? And I know that people have circled, like, the Christmas Eve game against Washington, that that's when Rodgers would make his triumphant return. But what happens if... They win these next two games, and maybe, just maybe, he shows some progress over the next couple of weeks to where he might even be able to go against the Dolphins when they got to go down to Miami. You're 6-7. and seven, You're still in the hunt. Nobody's going to be running away with this wild card in the AFC. You're going to have a bunch of teams that are all going to be jockeying for position and pretty much in the same boat. What if? And he did not even rule out the possibility about maybe even returning before the Christmas Eve game. When he was asked about that, he said anything is possible. Now, we can sit here and debate whether or not it's wise and whether or not it serves the best interest of the franchise in the long term. That's all well and good. It's valid. But could you imagine, right? Can you imagine 
if we are sitting there in a couple of weeks and there's a legit shot that this guy could play, and if this team wins a couple of games and now all of a sudden has like a pulse all over again, that it could actually be real and a thing. Look, I take this thing one week at a time. You know me. I don't think you can allow yourself. Let them do that. But I think a lot would have to go right, don't you think? A lot would absolutely have to go their way during this whole thing. And he said that next week is going to be the telltale sign for him. He plans to push it in practice next week when they get ready for the Houston Texans. Not saying he's going to play in that game, but when he goes out there on the practice field, he's going to go out there and really stretch it. Not the Achilles. Well, I mean, you're going to have to stretch it at some point, right, just to make sure that the thing works okay. Because the one thing you don't want to have happen is you try to stretch it, it doesn't stretch the way you want it to, and then poof, you're back to square one. That can ill afford to happen. But he wants to be able to make sure he can get through back-to-back days of practice where you're going about it like you would as if you were preparing for a game. I mean, he's just sitting there listening to him talk today, and he's just running down all the things that he's come back from or I should say played through in his career. You know, he was talking about a situation in 2014 when he was with the Green Bay Packers. And week 17, he went out there and he ripped up his – he said he tore his calf. And yet he came back and played. He didn't have a hell of a lot of mobility, but he played. And that was the year that the Packers had the, the, the bye week in the playoffs. So they didn't have to play wild card weekend. And then in the second round, that's when they went to Dallas. And they beat the, uh, beat the, the Dallas Cowboys. If I believe that was that throw that he made to Jared Cook along the sidelines to clinch the game pretty much, or at least to get Mason Crosby at the field goal range before he kicked that uh, walk-off field goal, that was a thrilling game. But, or no, it wasn't a walk-off field goal, was it? I don't know, I thought he made it. Anyway, he made a big throw to Jared Cook. Nevertheless, and then they went to Seattle in the NFC Championship game, and that was the one where Green Bay had a lead, and they couldn't quite put him away. You had the weird stuff happening with the onside kicks, and then there was a blocked a, a, a field goal that went awry. Just some weird things, but this was a dude who was out there playing essentially on one leg, but he was giving it a shot. His mobility was hampered a little bit, but he still went out there and played. And so he wants to essentially do the same for this football team. And again, I don't know what it will necessarily accomplish as far as this season is concerned. I mean, there's a lot of things that are still plaguing this football team apart from just the quarterback. I think we could all agree on that. You know, the offensive line has to get a heck of a lot more stable before you can even talk about, all right, running an offense that maybe you want to run. And he was asked that question, too, about, well, do you have any sort of reservations about going out there and playing behind an offensive line, which may or may not be anything near resembling the one that you thought you were breaking camp with back in August? And he said, no, I mean, no, that, 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 that's football. So, yeah, the thought and, and all of the idea, that's great. You know, I'm sure that his teammates in that locker room and just speaking to some of them, they told you that they appreciate what he's trying to do. He has nothing to gain to get back. Guy's got all the money in the world. The guy's accomplished everything that there is to accomplish. If the guy doesn't play another down in the NFL, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's one of the best ever players position. He's got his Super Bowl. He's got his Super Bowl MVP. He's got all the regular season MVPs that you want. There's nothing left to accomplish. And he's going to be 40 years old in a couple of days. And yet he's going out there and 
accelerating this rehab and trying to get back out onto the field. I know that some people are saying, well, it's an ego thing. Well, guess what? You know what? Most professional athletes have an ego. Most professional athletes think that they are better than just the average, you know, the average person, the average player, whatever. Because that's what allows them to be great. All the greats have that characteristic. That's how this thing works. Now, can he pull it off? We'll see. But he's going to need some help from the other guys in that locker room before he's even able to get on on the football field. Which means you better go beat the Falcons. You better go beat the Houston Texans. But take it one at a time. See if you can go out there and string four quarters of football together solid enough to where you can beat a Falcons team, which, as I said, is not anywhere close to a juggernaut. And the way this team has struggled the last five weeks, you know what? That might even be a tall task. We'll see if it happens. Because if they don't handle their business, it probably isn't going to make a hell of a lot of sense for that guy to step out onto the football field again before the season is over. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Rapid fire with the phone calls. We're going to squeeze in as many as we can between now and 7 o'clock, and then we got some Knicks basketball again. Knicks get a bye game tonight, but it's a game you better not blow against the lowly Detroit Pistons. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, you know what that means, right? You know what that means, guys. Yeah, a little breaking news on this Thursday. Because you know what we've got? You know what we got, Harv, for the first time? Do you know what we got? We've got the first ever, ever in the history of the world, Monday Night Football Flex. That's right. We got Flex, baby. We got a Flex. It took until, what, week 15, but we got one on Monday Night Football. How about this? How about this? And this will probably shock a lot of you. The Kansas City Chiefs. That's right, those Chiefs. Mahomes, Kelsey, Swift, the Kansas City Chiefs are getting, no, 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 not flexed into Monday Night Football. They're getting flexed off of Monday Night Football. How about that? Now, there's a reason behind that, though. You were saying to yourself, why, oh, why, oh, why would the league, would the powers that be, with ESPN or what, why would they take the Chiefs off of Monday Night Football? Because of the opponent. Because of the opponent. And that is all you need to know as to how far and how low the once mighty New England Patriots have sunk. That they have managed to get Taylor Swift flexed off of Monday Night Football. Chiefs Patriots on December the 18th out of there. Instead, they put Eagles Seahawks on Monday Night Football. Now, it's a better game. Right? Eagles, we know we're going to the playoffs. Seattle is going to be in the conversation for the playoffs at that point. The Patriots are in the conversation of will they win another game this year? So that's not the best game. And as Mike North, who's the VP of scheduling and everything for the NFL, we had him on uh, the pregame show on Friday before the Dolphin game with uh, Greg and myself. He pointed out it's not about getting the – the reason they decide flexing, it's not about getting the best game possible in that primetime slot. It's to making sure you get a game with significance in that slot. And Chiefs-Patriots does not have significance for both teams, so that is why they go ahead and they make a decision like that and put Eagles and Seahawks on Monday Night Football. So there you go. And now if you're the Eagles, the Eagles are going to have three straight games where they are standalone by themselves. Week 14, they play the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Week 15, they got the Monday Nighter against... Seattle, and then week 16, they play the Giants on Christmas Day. And that's going to be all by itself. I think that's the 430 game on Christmas Day. I'm still trying to, like, actually comprehend there's games on Christmas and the Giants are playing on Christmas. But anyway, that is where we're at. So we get Monday night flexing in the NFL. Let's go to the phones. Let's squeeze in as many as we can. Remember, we got Knicks basketball coming up at the top of the hour. The Knicks and the Detroit Pistons. Tony, Connecticut, starting us off here on 98.7. Tone, how are you? Hey, good, Dan. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. How are you? Same to you, brother. All good. Yes. Good, good. So quickly, I know we don't got much time. You know, Rex Ryan was on uh, the Bart and Hans show today, and he thought 
you know, uh, Favre, I mean Favre, uh, Rogers is trying to come back to prove that Hackett's a good offensive coordinator, even if the guys are out of the mix, the Jets are out of the mix. I don't buy that. I mean, well, no, that's silly. he won two of the degrees on their Hackett, right? He's not going to do that. He's not going to risk. Now, is it, I, it's great to see him on the practice field. It's awesome. I think it's going to bring some energy to the team. Uh, just having him around, having him in meetings, you know, it's more important during the week than just having him there at game day. Uh, that was one comment. The other comment that Rex made was that if the Jets are sitting at the top of the draft and said to say we're talking about the draft already, I'm I'm a 43-year season ticket holder, so I want them to win a Super Bowl more than anything. But if a quarterback's sitting at the top of the draft there, I think you got to take them, uh, Dan. I'd be interested in your opinion. We could build the offensive line through free agency. If you're convinced that there's a franchise quarterback there and this nonsense that Joe Douglas isn't qualified to pick a quarterback is also nonsense, how many great GMs have missed out on – on quarterbacks, Ten G- nine GMs passed up on Patrick Mahomes, right? And they were all good GMs in front of them. So it's not Here, a Tony, here's the thing, of- and I'll, I'll, I'll let you answer yeah. the question, okay? Yeah, I'll ask you. you. We would agree that Aaron Rodgers probably, despite what he may want to tell you, at most, maybe he plays two more years after this year. At mm-hmm. most, in a perfect world, right? Yeah. Two more years. So you would probably agree that the Jets fall into the category of being a win-now football team, right? And you're going to do everything, everything you can to give yourself the best chance to win while Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. The problem with drafting the quarterback, Tony, is that that quarterback don't help you at all win the next couple of years. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But, but Dan, does a, does a rookie offensive tackle, let's say you, you draft a left tackle to protect Rodgers' blind side, mm-hmm. does that guarantee you that that kid's going to be good? And do you want to risk that? You know, Talbot no. was on. He said, look, you got to go in with – Next season with eight offensive linemen who can start on any team, and I think the way you do that is through free agency. We can't risk this again, another injury. we got to put our best foot forward on the offensive line, and I would build that through free agency with proven veterans that can protect and not risk putting a rookie on the offensive line. You know, and that's what I'm saying. To your point, Rogers is only there two years. I don't want to be – how many quarterbacks can, that we passed up on that we could have had? We could have had McCombs. We could have had Josh Allen. Do we want to be sitting here five years from now looking at another stud quarterback playing either in the AFC East for the New England Patriots, um, you know, because we passed up on him because we're relying on Rodgers. No, no, I, I, I totally no get it. But, but, Tone, here's the other yeah. thing, too, and I thank you very much for the phone call. Here's the thing, and I don't have the list in front of me. I don't know what it's going to look like as far as the free agent offensive lineman going into the offseason. I, I haven't even begun to dig into that yet. Um, so you have to also see what crop is available. If there's not a great crop of free agent offensive linemen, then you may not want to throw a bunch of money in that direction. Who's to say, by the way, that you can't go out there and get yourself a proven playmaker for Aaron Rodgers. You know, let's just say the Jets lose out or something like that, and then they're picking high enough to where Marvin Harrison Jr. is staring you right in the face with, let's say, the second or third pick in the draft, the wide receiver from Ohio State. You wouldn't take him? You mean to tell me that Marvin Harrison coming in is not going to help Aaron Rodgers in this offense considerably for the next several years? And and think about what it would do to somebody like Garrett Wilson to where all the attention is not going to go on him from opposing defenses. You know, and if the Jets are picking somewhere in that 7-8 range to maybe you're not getting one of those guys, but what if Brock Bowers is sitting there? The tight end from Georgia, who you could also flex out wide even as a wide receiver. Another proven playmaker for you on offense or a guy that you would hope. 
I'm not saying the situations are exactly similar to one another, but part of the reason that Aaron Rodgers got so ticked off at the Green Bay Packers once upon a time when they drafted Jordan Love is because Rodgers knew the clock was beginning to tick on his career. And by drafting a guy like Jordan or Jordan Love in the first round, that would not help them win now. Right? Rodgers was looking at it as, I want guys that are going to help me win now, this year, for however much time I have left as a Green Bay Packer. I don't care about 10 years down the road. I want to win now. And that's going to be probably the same scenario facing the Jets once the draft rolls around.